This podcast is brought to you by NeuroCreative Studio, the number one provider of one-to-one applied neuroscience coaching and development programs designed to enhance your creativity and effectiveness. Find out more at neurocreative.studio. You're listening to the Ambition Incubator podcast, and I'm your host, Deirdre Morrison. My thing is helping people understand how our brains work so that we can be better and do better in any area of life that's important to us. So as well as bite-sized brain science, I'll be bringing you interviews and advice from experts and guests who specialize in working with entrepreneurs and leaders to help them explore potential, possibilities, and ways to be more effective. And the best bit? We can start right now. It's hard to believe that we're at the end of another year. And it's been quite a year here at the Ambition Incubator podcast. As well as being honoured at the Irish Podcast Awards, download numbers have nudged over a few very significant milestones. And we're now into the hundreds of thousands, which is down to you listening. So thank you so much for spending your time and sharing your headspace with me. Of course, awards and analytics are all well and good, but I've been so incredibly lucky to have had amazing guests. And as we close the year, I just wanted to celebrate all of them And although it was very, very difficult, I've chosen just a few episodes that have stayed with me, and I hope you'll find time over the holidays to check them out. First up is someone who's taught me a lot. Ralph Watson is a tireless advocate for ethical and accessible coaching, and a supporter and mentor to thousands of coaches worldwide. He gives generously of his time not only to the Association for Professional Coaching, but also to fundraising and other events organized by Lions International. Ralph is one of the good guys, and those of us who are lucky enough to work with him know it. Head over to episode 79 if you want to know what you should be thinking about if you're choosing a coach. Everything we do in life generates some form of learning. So every single coaching session is as important to me as it is for the client. I learn as much during a coaching session as the client will. We just learn different things. So it's that desire to learn, the desire to help people, the desire to help them be the best they can be, the attitude of excellence and an ethical mindset. And that's very hard to define, but it's about doing things in the right way for the good and the benefit of the client who must always come first. As you've probably realised, I love an opportunity to talk to a changemaker and Dom Tyke is one of those. I include my episode with Dom in this lineup not just because I enjoyed our conversation so much, but because of how much I learned from it. Dom is a fighter pilot and he takes the skills and wisdom he learned in that incredibly disciplined and team-dependent career and demonstrates how they can be applied to our lives and businesses. Here's a snippet from episode number 80. I would say the debriefing part of a mission is probably the most painful because you're going to see when you messed up. and. As you're learning that, it is a learned behavior. It is something that you can teach yourself if you are either, if you're trying to protect your own ego, which I've done before, if you're not humble enough, if you if you suck and you need to do better next time, that's where you're going to find out. So I think that's probably the most avoided, at least from my civilian experience as a flight instructor and my work experience prior to being in the military, the debriefing portion was the the piece where uh, you can miss a lot of those little golden nuggets for uh, how you're going to help yourself the next time. One of the people I'm most pleased to have met this year is Brenda Hershey of Tri Global. 
Another changemaker, when I spoke to Brenda, she was in Kurdistan delivering trauma recovery yoga training and opportunities to trauma and conflict survivors there. Her incredibly gentle approach has proved simple enough to deploy anywhere and in any cultural context, and it's providing relief and improved well-being for anyone able to avail of it. Brenda has also been involved in training in the Ukraine to support those affected by the war there. This was an eye-opening and ultimately incredibly positive conversation. For me, knowing people like Brenda exist makes the world a better place. So check out episode 67 to see if you agree with me. You can only take other people so far as you have been yourself, right? Yeah, so it really, it also solidified for me that the the tools, so SRR, the self-regulation tools that, that we are teaching, they're not just reactive. We're not just helping people recover, but as you actively practicing practice them, you're building a higher level of resilience, which was what I did. Thankfully, uh, it really having those tools saved me in, in those moments. And to give people that choice is really why I'm so passionate about sharing it around the world. It seems like an awfully long time since I interviewed Kirsty McLeod about her incredible creation, The Red Dress. We started episode 64 as an interview with a creative pro, but it very clearly became an interview with an accidental change maker. Kirsty's years of work with artisans around the world became a showcase for the experiences, voices and talents of women surviving conflict, trauma and more. As I mentioned, that's episode 64 and it's well worth a listen. I went into it with a, with a main aim to celebrate cultural identities and bring together different identities. What I didn't expect was for the dress to become, for some women, a platform for their voices to be amplified and heard. And I, it, it was um, delivered to me in, in one message from um, Nicole Esselin, who uh, created Kissini, which supports the widows of war who worked on the dress from Rwanda and DR Congo. Mm. She wrote to me at the end of this incredible, you know, stories and, and um, backgrounds for all the women who worked on the dress. And then she just said at the end, uh, thank you so much for giving these women a voice. It means so much. And um, it was such a huge sentence to read. Massive. And I, I, I remember it hit me like a, a ton of bricks. I was like, oh, my goodness. I didn't realize that this could be that. And actually, now that's what I want to really focus on. So then I began to, to, to seek out more communities um, who were using embroidery as a way of bettering their lives and supporting women who have been through trauma and war and abuse and because and also that's been the biggest motivation for me to keep going all these years because <laughs> there were many mm. years that were very hard to keep it going but it was always the responsibility of that I felt of needing to to share these voices that they had such a, a need to be heard um, they were mm. so important I reached out to Darren Fisher after reading one of his articles about the myth that you can't draw. The resulting conversation with this creative pro is one of the ones that stayed with me ever since. Of course, it makes perfect sense from a, from a neuroscience perspective that what we practice, what we're willing to hone and put time into, that's what we get good at. But what we believe impacts what we're actually willing to do. Now, whether you're listening to this as someone who's building a business or who subscribes for the Bite Size Brain Science, then episode 45 has a lot of food for thought. The reason people think that they can't draw is because we have this outcome-focused mindset. So it has to be a certain way. We need to have a certain standard of proficiency. We hold ourselves against 
established artists and we have this idea of people that can draw have like this innate talent. Yeah. But actually there's like a lot of research that shows that what's missing in terms of people being able to draw is just practice. Yeah. And con- continuing that from from a child. So like and there's certain ways that they can do that like through copying other artists and having like consistent visual structure to follow and then practicing obviously so just sort of Mm. um talked about my one sort of style of drawing that i really love which is automatic drawing which is just this like active drawing and really being in the moment and observing yourself and feeling your body as you draw and the drawings can end up looking like just all kinds of crazy patterns but it's not representational stuff that you're drawing Mm. um so it's kind of like about that. It was like that you've got sort of observational drawing where you're looking at things and trying to get them onto the from a 3D, you know, plane into a 2D plane and then memory drawing and then this automatic drawing and that all of these are important. But what's most important is just to enjoy the process mm. and then proficiency will come. On the subject of brain science, it was incredible to have the opportunity to speak to a podcasting legend on a topic that I can't get enough of. Dr. Ginger Campbell has been podcasting about neuroscience for 15 years now and has been inducted into the Podcasting Hall of Fame. I absolutely had to ask her what it is that she's noticed both personally and in the field in the course of that time. Her insights are definitely worth checking out over in episode number 78. The way we experience the world is is basically created by our our brain. One of my guests, Michael Graziano, said that our brain gives us a stick figure account because <laughs> a lot of stuff gets thrown out that we don't need to, to know. And what this means is that my perception of the world and your perception of the world are going to, by definition, be different. And as a physician, I see this every day when I'm talking to patients and I realize, you know, they're not starting from the same place as I am. And, and trying to find that common place in the middle where we can, you know, they can understand by my getting closer to where they are, I would say that that is the biggest impact. You know, it's strange. As I look at this list, I can kind of see how all the other episodes I've chosen are connected in a way. But Merit Khan is the wild card in this bunch. Chatting to Merit was easy, fun and very informative. But what I loved most was the one question that she uses with such skill. Are you open to something better? Well, if you are, and let's face it, not many people aren't, then you should check out episode number 70. And I hope you enjoy it as much as I did. No matter what the situation was, my dad always asked me, well, who chiseled that over the door? Which... I think was his version of who carved that in stone. He liked to make things his own little sayings. But the question changed the outcome because he really challenged my assumption that something wasn't possible and he created an opening for something to be possible. And so I feel like the the are you open to words really get to the heart of that philosophy. And when I ask my audiences, whether I'm doing the opening keynote at a large conference for a corporate event or an association meeting, I always ask people, have you already decided it can't get any better or are you open to a new possibility? And, and it does that one question 
really sparks that creative curiosity in them. They have to first acknowledge that, nope, it, it's not as good as it's going to get. There, There is more possibility here. And am I open to a new possibility? Am I open to something else? Well, that is, you know, it, it's hard to say no to that. I wasn't entirely sure what to expect from my conversation with Next Level University's Kevin Palmieri, but I got a lot more. More honesty, more wisdom, more everything. Kevin's not the kind of guy to hold back, and his story of grit, determination and personal development and ultimately being of service is one that I challenge you not to feel uplifted by. When you don't believe something is possible for you, you don't try. But when you try something and it goes a little bit better than you expect, you can see the next peak on the mountain. You can say, well, maybe I can get to that. Mm. That has been the biggest thing for me is I'm consistently outside of my comfort zone and I'm forced to learn, I'm forced to grow and I'm forced to evolve. And I think the motivation behind all that is number one, the community, but I really, really, really am proud of what we've created. There, there was not a lot of fulfillment in my life before this. And I realize at a deep level now that and it's a heavy burden, but if I want to continue this journey, I have to get better. The second I stop getting better, I'm not able to effectively lead. I'm not able to add value on the podcast. So it's this built in, if I want to do this forever, I have to get better forever. If I ever want to stop, then I can stop learning, growing and evolving. But it's that double-edged sword of, of kind of, it's the inspiration and it's the necessity that I need to make sure I keep going. I couldn't call this roundup complete without mentioning the amazing Alyssa Cohn, who was featured in episode 55. Alyssa is a phenomenon in the startup coaching world and has worked with so many seedlings that have gone on to become household names. We talked about Alyssa's book, From Startup to Grown Up, which is a must read for any aspiring or emerging entrepreneur. So much of Alyssa's earthy wisdom and so many resources are provided in this episode. But if I were to sum it all up, I'd use Alyssa's phrase, the work is in you. And ain't that the truth? I see growth of leadership and especially growth of like a founder into a leader as a personal growth journey. When I say the work is in you, just as you say, it's like it requires you to examine yourself and figure out what are you avoiding when you're avoiding things. It requires you to stop avoiding that and to find the strategies to grow as a person in order to become the leader that you need to be in order for your company to be successful. If you're planning to do some of that work that's in you, by the way, then I invite you to come over and see what I get up to in my neurocreative studio. In 2023, I'll be running some small group residential retreats where we'll explore some of the inner workings of your brain through applied neuroscience and equip you with the tools to consistently choose better actions, reactions and interactions. If you head over to the website, you'll find the details there. Now, I hope you've enjoyed this little selection box of snippets. I absolutely wish I could have included everyone, but... I guess the good thing is I don't have to. Just head to ambitionincubator.com or wherever you get your podcasts and browse for episodes you might have missed. I'll just take this opportunity to let you know that as we head into year three of the Ambition Incubator podcast, we'll be changing things up a little bit. For a start, we'll be moving to video. And my first video guest will be the entrepreneurial legend that is Jan Cavell. We'll also be moving to a monthly format so that we can really get under the hood with creatives, changemakers, experts and entrepreneur. And I hope we'll see you there. For now, enjoy the holidays, have a happy new year and take care. 
You're still here? Great. Look, I know there's a lot to choose from out there, so thanks for flying with Ambition Incubator Airlines, and I look forward to seeing you on board again soon. Seriously, though, thank you for tuning in. My guests and I love hearing about what inspires you on the show and what advice has made a difference in your life or work and what you'd like more of. So get in touch. If you want to know about my other work, head over to ambitionincubator.com for details. And don't forget to hit subscribe for more great interviews, advice, and bite-sized brain science every week. 